Hello and welcome back to your favorite podcast, Imole, your go-to podcast on mental health and spirituality. So we are joined today by Hannah Bello, who would like to share her self-love journey with us. Hannah Bello is a young Nigerian who is passionate about teaching and guiding people on the journey to loving themselves unconditionally. She refers to herself as the self-love witch. But before we start, I'd like for us to do a simple breathing exercise. We're going to breathe in for three counts, hold for three counts and breathe out. I'll walk you through it. So let's go. Breathe in. One, two, three. Hold. One, two, three. Breathe out. One, two, three. So now that we're all refreshed, I'd like you to welcome to the show, Hannah Bello. Welcome, Hannah. Hi, Kwelumi. I am so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Thank and you. thank you for being here. It hasn't been easy, I know, but thank you. So Hannah, please tell us about how you grew up, like where you were raised, how your parents were, what type of family you grew up in. So I was born in Lagos, Nigeria, and I live with my parents, still live with my parents in Lagos, Nigeria. Um, my background and childhood wasn't great. I, was, I, didn't, I don't feel it was great. Um, due to like, due to like traumatic experiences, not just only from my parents, but from like outsiders. Um, my, I feel my parents, they tried their best to bring me up in the way they can, but there were still many unhealthy patterns, unhealthy behaviors that I actually took from them. Uh, like codependency and I had emotionally unavailable parents. I was always scared to let them know I'm crying because I always feel bad that I'm crying and things like that. And also from outside that I was like the bullied, the bullied, the bullied student in school. Like I was always bullied and it's really affected my self-esteem. And I'm still healing from it. So yeah, so that's like my child. So it wasn't that great, but it was a catalyst to my healing journey. Mm, I like that. Catalyst to your healing journey. So how did your healing journey start? Um, so after like after I had a breakup, a terrible breakup, and so I was guided by my higher self to start my self-love journey. But I wasn't I was I was I wasn't really like healing healing till like after another breakup that really really made me question question everything and that's when I really sat down to look inwards and say healing from codependency started validating myself I started um I started um 
be becoming aware of my anxious attachments and love addictions and those patterns that as that were putting me in the cycle of toxic relationships i became more aware about them and i started taking action to heal them so like how were you aware that these relationships were toxic and that you were codependent because most times people blame other people right and that we see that all the time this person was this person is a loser this one is too stingy this one is a cheater all that stuff but it's very rare for people to look within well i mean it's getting common yeah. now but for a while it hasn't been very common for people to look within and be like okay maybe there is something wrong because first of all like let me even go back a bit how were you treated in these relationships i think we should start from that start from it's just this it just they start out being all, all all over me and and that's how they get me because like even though my heart or my intuition at that moment doesn't want to be in a relationship but because i had love addiction just to get that love feeling that feeling of oh somebody wants me somebody cares about me so I choose to be in a relationship with them. And so after like, after a while, maybe like three months or some months, they just like change and they become avoidant. And then that's when the patterns start coming up. I start trying to fix the relationship, trying to do everything possible, giving them everything, trying to make it work and I noticed that it is always me doing the work. Um, and also, um, um, I dated someone that literally, for no reason, blocked me from, from WhatsApp. And I tried to call him as for like two weeks. He ignored my calls. And he came back again and apologized. And I still accepted him like... <laughs> it's like I remember I'm like why why would I do that like it just shows like that I was so used to emotion emotional unavailability because I was actually not available for myself to like I was expecting them to give me that love that attention that my inner child needed or that my inner child needs so that was like that cycle. Mm -hmm. That's a very, very um, common cycle. I think it's the anxious avoidance cycle that they call it uh, in relationships. It's a pattern. And I'll be very, to be very honest, I definitely was anxious, preoccupied as well until, you know, I had to start working on my, on my attachment style. And that is not easy at all. That is not easy. So yeah. what was the straw that actually broke the camel's back for you? What made you say, you know what? I'm going to stop, you know, accepting people love bombing me and showing me one side of themselves and then going back to who they truly are. Because most avoidant people are like that in their relationships. We try to fix them because we're anxious, preoccupied, and we think, oh, it's something we've done or something. No, that's their pattern. Yeah. You understand? It's, and it's yeah. also... And it's not to say that it's a bad thing, 
because I've interviewed someone too, and I have a client that I work with that's avoidant, actually more than one. And I understand that a lot of avoidant people also have the same issues that anxious preoccupied people have. It's just that the way they respond to it is different. So they, a lot of them too do not have emotionally available parents, or in the case of like fearful avoidant yeah. people, they had parents who are available today, unavailable tomorrow. So it was this inconsistent pattern of um, validation yeah. or affection that was being shown to them. So like, what would you say was the point that you were like, you know what, maybe I have a problem? I think was like choosing to love myself, give myself, give myself love, sit with my emotions, sit with, like, it was not easy because I had to like face my shadows, face the pain and sit with it and with compassion for myself. Like, I had to like face those things. So the, like when I learned to love myself more, it's it's like I I could not I could not just accept accept someone that is not giving me the level of love I'm giving myself at that moment because I feel like my past relationship just shows how much I didn't love myself, how much how much I how much I don't love I didn't love myself at that moment but now that I love myself more and I'm giving myself so much love like so if you cannot match that energy it is like like I can't relate like I can't relate to that type of avoidant inconsistent energy because now I'm giving myself that kind of kind of love that I deserve I know my words and so it's, it's like my self-love journey was like the turning point was like was what helped me realize that oh i've been i've been settling for what i did not deserve because if i cannot if i can give myself this kind of love then i deserve nothing less than that yeah we definitely don't deserve crumbs that's for sure you know so what were the challenges you faced? You talked about it being very, very hard emotionally, and it is a very tough process. I think I want you to please walk our listeners through this process so that they have an idea of like the challenges you face and how you were able to overcome them. And also like the time frame it took. I know you're still on that journey and you're not off and it's like a lifelong journey, right? but now you're a lot better than when you started. So how long did it take to get to this level that you're on right now? So the challenges I faced was like the discomfort that comes with sitting with your emotions and validating your emotions because like it's not something you are used to. It's something that it's not something you are used to. You are not used to normally my normal way is to run away from my emotions. Once I have once I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling angry, I'm feeling oh, I just try I like I just want to run away from the emotion and just be happy instead of sitting with it, validating it. So when I learned that my emotions are my inner child, as I say my emotions as my inner child, so I began to sit with them. So that the discomfort is not, is the discomfort of the pain. That That's like, it was really challenging for me because you have having to sit with your 
feelings, your emotions, those difficult emotions, having to sit with them and with compassion and just with compassion for yourself and just be with them with, without trying to question or anything like that, without trying to make meaning of them. Just validating how you feel is, it was new to me, so it was like a bit challenging for me. And like anytime I'm going through that healing process, like I always feel like pain in my chest. Like I would feel the pain in my chest, like to be my chest to be hot. So like it was, that was one of the challenges that I faced during that time. And also, um, when it comes to time frame, I feel like I'm a very, I, I won't say stubborn. I'm I'm quite I'm quite lazy when it comes to this healing journey stuff. So it's like my higher self always push me to people that would trigger that side of me so that I can pay attention to it and heal it. Because it's only when I'm triggered that I have time to to even look like it's only when I feel triggered then I now start look, like looking inwards and stuff like that but if i don't feel triggered i won't even so i won't even bother about it so um i would say for me to actually I, it didn't take me like what's that i started my journey just i think like if you can learn to sit with your emotions for like six months like sit sit with your emotions validate your emotions your inner child once you have the skill of doing that with six months you master it so anytime if anything comes you are able to face it because oh now if i'm angry or i'm triggered it's just easy for me to just sit with my emotion understand it i, I talk to my emotions okay why are you here um where are you coming from where, where is this trigger from stuff like that. so it has become like a natural thing for me because i've done it over time Mm. So what tools did you use? Because some people go to therapy, some people maybe read a book and then it inspires them and then they follow certain techniques. So were you able to have someone guide you through this process or were you, like, did you use self-help? Like, did you just Google stuff and check videos on YouTube and then start your healing journey from there? I would say that I was divinely guided. (laughs) I was intuitively guided, but I watched, like, it was this woman, um, I've forgotten her name, but um, she was the one that I learned about this codependency. Um, I watched it, like, this YouTube channel. So that was where I learned the skill of sitting with my emotions and validating my emotions my feelings so from there from there i just like sometimes receive some downloads and then i practice it i i feel like i was intuitively led i didn't i didn't use any i didn't i can't afford all this therapy so i allowed my soul to guide me so um so my soul always guides me to the people or to the people that online that 
free that have free resources that would help me in my healing journey. So yeah, so um also this um this woman, Michelle Etchison, so she used to she usually do this inner child healing um inner child healing masterclass and the meditation is always very powerful because visualizing your inner child right in front of you and giving your inner child exactly what she needs at that moment. I still do that by myself. Like I still I still do this inner child visualization till now. And it's something I still I teach too. Because it's I that's like one of the ways. And another way is another thing I learned is writing love letters to myself. That's how I make making myself feel loved. Um feel loved. And so like I was guided to like blogs and all this online stuff. So I always find what is it, what is right for me at that moment. So that's why I said I was finally guided. That's good. I mean, a lot of people will be like, what? <laughs> but I, I really get what you mean. <laughs> I actually understand what you mean. Will you say, um, when will you say your spiritual journey started? Because for you to say you're divinely gu- guided, you definitely have a spiritual practice or spiritual life that you have developed. Were you always like this? And if you weren't, when did it start? No, I've not always been this way. Um, when I started my spiritual i told you after like i've said before like after a breakup and i was guided to my self-love journey and then i i didn't really know stuff about intuition and stuff till i was led to this goddess divine feminine master class and so it was free and so I learned to connect to my body. I learned to connect to my intuition more. So like I'm now like very intuitive. Like and I mean very I'm very intuitive. So I I I'm so that's me being connected to my body. So I I always know what is right for me. I always know what is right for me. It's made it easier for me to navigate through life. So yeah, so that's what led me to my spirituality. My my spirituality is more of goddess, goddess, divine feminine um, spirituality. That kind that kind of spirituality because I. I always felt led to connect to my feminine energy, to my intuition, to because I'm a woman. So, like things like feminine energy, like really, really resonate with me. And and self love is like a big part of the qualities of a divine feminine. So, yeah. Yeah. So, how did your perception of self love and self esteem change? as you started your healing journey okay so like when i say my healing journey i always felt self-love is selfish like doing things for myself i thought it was selfish 
I'm always scared. I'm always pleasing people. Always wanting to make everybody happy. And why I didn't care about myself. All that matters was how people, what people want instead of what I wanted. So, like, I learned that self-love is not selfish. And self-love is important like it is key it is i it's the key to a happier life because like if you are if you keep living for people you you will never be happy so i that is what changed and i also my self-esteem i got better because i realized that I'm, i'm worthy exactly as i am even though this society or my childhood experience did not did not show me that show me show that to me or did not give me that awareness so I, my self esteem got better when i connected to the divinity of my words realized that i'm connected to the divine so i am worthy exactly as i am i don't need to be perfect i don't need to meet anybody's standard or societal standard to be worthy or to be to be worth it so that's what like that's the main things that actually changed Mm. and how did your relationships with others change because when i notice when people are people pleasers right it's not in just it's not only in just one area of your life you, first of all, it starts yeah. from your childhood because you are groomed to be a people pleaser pretty much from your childhood, especially as a woman. Like, oh, society wants you this way. Women don't do this, don't do this, don't do that. And if you're the first girl, it's possibly even worse, right? However, it's like, it's not just in that area of your life, you know, with just family. It's yeah. also in your romantic relationships, like you said, in friendships, even at work. If you work the nine to five, you will notice that the people around you are trying to please them. So how did your relationships with people change when you started to take your power back and start loving yourself? Yeah, so um, my relationship with people, uh, let me talk about let me talk about my romantic relationship. Um, I I became like I I began to have like is. In my own standard of what I wanted in a relationship like I just want a healthy relationship or not and I've been gifted with one now and it's it is it is better than like than my past relationship like I can't even remember my past relationship experiences like that anymore because life has gifted me with what I wanted because I know I chose it. I chose, I'm able to identify what is good for me and choose it. So my relationship with my current partner now is, I can say, boldly say that I'm in a healthy romantic relationship. And and also with my with friends. So um, I stopped keeping friends that don't help me grow. And friends that I don't feel safe to be my authentic self with, to be vulnerable with. So um, I don't just like have like, because like recently, like three people 
that I call friends have done like a lot of things like that have fucked up really bad and I consider them my friends and I had to look within and check again that um I was only keeping them in my life because I didn't want to feel lonely but I wasn't wearing really connect connecting like I was I didn't I wasn't safe to be myself with them to be vulnerable with them and when I share my vulnerability with them they tend to like use that against me and they I found out that they were not emotionally mature enough like we cannot like if we have a conflict they are they cannot sit down and talk to me and let us resolve it so um so i had to like let go of such kind of people and now i i only have very few friends very few people that in my life so i don't just carry anybody anymore and with my parents I would say that I'm still learning to like with my parents. I feel like for my parent, my relationship with my parents were, was like codependence. Like I needed their validation to do anything for myself. I'm always scared to trust myself and stuff like that. But now with my with now that I've healed and I've grown in my self-love journey i can now trust myself i no longer codependent my parents i now independent emotionally so i validate myself i i validate myself i don't like expect them to do the validation and then end up getting hurt so i now validate myself so my my relationship with people is no longer codependent. Like I'm now trusting myself and validating myself. So like even though you share your opinion, it's still what I feel about myself and what what and my truth, my truth that matters, that matters most to me. But like before, when, before I started my self love journey, once somebody says something, I like. I ignore my own instincts and just to like because I didn't trust myself and listen to other people. So now it's different. That's good. That's very good. I, I think that is still something that I'm also learning to deal with, like trusting my own self. Because I that when you are codependent, you tend to attract a lot of people who can't, um, who are a lot of narcissists, let me just put it that way. And it's not trying to say um, these people are bad as such because it is a personality disorder. There's a yeah. reason why they're like that. But when you are a people pleaser and a codependent person, they see you as like a very good energy source for them because that gaslighting, if you are not very confident in yourself and your own version of reality, if they start gaslighting yeah. you, you yeah. doubt everything. And I've experienced this even with friends that I thought, oh, I, th- I thought this person was very empathic or very, um, quote, when you, I'm, I'm doing, I'm using air quotes now. So I thought this person was very like healed or very empathic and I've been to therapy, but. Exactly. Certain exactly. things people like that would do, 
they will manipulate you and make it seem like you are always at fault. And I noticed that, why am I always apologizing? Like, why is this, even for things I did not do, it almost feels like I'm walking on eggshells around this person. And then truth is, when that happens, other people around you can also see that, listen, there's something off. Why do you treat this person like that? And it took me a while to actually realize, oh, wow, this person could be a narcissist or possibly is on that spectrum. And for some reason, she was just gaslighting and I kept falling for it until I said to notice something was wrong and staying away. So that's very, very important. That whole um, not just accepting what anyone says just like that, going back and reviewing it yeah. and thinking, okay, what is this person saying? Could they be right? Maybe I do need to apologize or... Um, that's not true. I mean, you know, that's not, I don't agree with that. I'm being confident in that. Also, I wanted to say, um, I wanted to ask you, when you started this journey, right, just at first, when you first started, I'm sure you were possibly surrounded by people who could have been taking advantage of you, right? Am I correct? Yeah, so... Yes, yes. Um, did you encounter any resistance with them? when you were just starting your self-love journey? Mm, with my, like, with my parents, yes. But with friends, no. No. It was like later, later as I grew in my self-love journey and I realized I started feeling unsafe around them. Like, I started feeling unsafe around them. That's when I knew that, oh, this person is not, is not really a safe space for me. Because, like, the body, the, I feel the body is wise. The body knows people that are safe for you and people that are not. So I start, I'll start feeling it in my body that this person is not really safe, a safe space for me. So um, I found myself, like, hiding some parts of myself or pretending to be someone I'm not around them. So that's when I knew that, oh, this, it was like not at the beginning of my journey, but later when I became more self-aware. So what did the resistance with your parents look like? It was like, it was like I should just start fighting for my freedom. Like that's how it felt like. It felt like, there's, there was a part of me that was stuck that needed to be set free. That's how that's that was how it felt like. So like it was it was really chaotic. I'm not going to lie. It was really cha very chaotic because I came from a Christian home, and you know, so when I said like learning self-love journey and stuff i was like why didn't they teach me this in church like i don't know how much i needed this and i didn't so like i lost interest in going to church and things like that so like it was not easy for me at all it wasn't easy for me at all like i had to say i'll be questioning myself like going out like it was not easy for me at all so i had to like i feel like i have a strong spirit because it was like there's no going back this is our journey 
this this is our part. If we go back, we will, we will die unhappy. So what's the point? <laughs> so I had to like fight for my truth, even with my parents. And now they think they have to learn to accept me the way I am. Yeah, <laughs> that tends to happen when you put your foot down. Especially when you're getting older. Like, there's nothing they can do now. <laughs> After a while, they tend to yeah. accept you. And also, I want to also highlight what you said about the body knowing. Oh, my God. That definitely... I'll say that <laughs> that struck a chord with me. Because I remember one of the conversations I was having with someone that I feel had was gaslighting me at that point when we were having that conversation. right? And... I was sitting up initially, like when you were sitting, you're facing someone, I was sitting up and my back was straight. And during the course of the conversation, I almost felt my body start to cave in. So I started to lean on my arms more. And I wasn't tired. I started to lean yeah. on my on my um, thighs more with my elbow and like just my arms. I was leaning on my thighs and I started to go down, down. Like I was sort of caving in. Like I felt my posture just shrink and in that time like around that time I was I was quite hard on myself because I was asking myself why am I doing this why is this happening I don't understand and even for a while after that I was saying oh you must be so weak because this person wasn't exactly shouting at me or um literally acting like a malignant narcissist it was just invalidating some points I was bringing up and yeah. I was like, I've noticed this pattern. And the person was like, oh, are you sure? It's not just you. Yeah. <laughs> How do I say? It was just a lot of gaslighting. And we were trying to recall past events that had happened. And I was saying, no, this is what happened. And from that person's perspective, things were subtly changed. And through the conversation, it just kept changing. And I was just getting more and more and more confused. And I felt my body just cave in more and more. And at that time, I was hearing in my head, like, no, this is not for you. This is not for you. But like you said, without trusting yourself, you will be firm. It took a while for me to be like, listen, you don't feel this way around other people. So as much as you like to think you are at fault, because I kept thinking, is it my fault? Is it my fault? And this other person too was very skilled at, um, like, knew the right things to say, right? I had been to therapy and everything. So there's some things that person was saying, like, oh, maybe you are just doing this or because you have these issues with your body. Mom, and I was like, wait a minute, that's not true. <laughs> I don't think so. That's like, right. that is not true. I mean, it took a, such a hard, such a long time for me to reconcile the fact that, okay, some people can have a public persona and also have a different side of them that they show you when it's just you and them. And you have to be able to yeah. realize that something is wrong and not put people on the pedestal. Because I'll be very honest, I had to take responsibility. Most times we say, this person is a narcissist, this person is this person is that. If you are codependent and if you have a if you don't have a strong sense of self, you are just a, a meal, a very nice meal for a narcissist. Do you, okay, so you also have to take responsibility in working on your self-esteem. And that's what I did for a long time. So I won't say I can't fall into that trap anymore, but at least now I'm a lot more, how do I say, vigilant when it comes to spotting certain traits. Get what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wanted to add something. Like you said about the person. Like the person seems like, like he has been to therapy, 
and all those things. Like something happened to me recently. Like because somebody put themselves on this spiritual, like they made themselves look so spiritual and stuff. Doesn't mean you should like trust them more than like you should trust them above your own instincts and intuition because I had to learn the hard way because this guy came and was like oh he's spiritual and stuff like that I should do this I should do that and he started saying some things like my body was like no but I, I didn't listen out of like I didn't trust myself and out of fear so I did not listen and I for like a while I was just living out of my truth without knowing till one day that's why I say I, I have a strong spirit because one day like it was like I woke up from slumber and I was like I started questioning everything he told me everything I was like this this is not this is not right for me this this doesn't work for me this doesn't resonate with who I am like this is not my part and I had to like bring myself back to to my path to what is true for me so it's not like like that is like you're giving your power away no matter how like spiritual somebody seems to appear you should like check in with yourself and ask yourself does this resonate with me does does it resonate with my truth does it is it right for me very true very true and I think the reason why it's so hard for some of us to do that is because we were raised in environments and we were invalidated. And I'm not trying to make our parents or some of our caregivers seem like monsters because they were also doing what they knew. You know, get what I mean? Like they didn't yeah. know better, so they didn't do better. That's it. And um, it's just that thing of, oh, you don't know what's best. Or even when I was going to church, it was more like, oh, the pastor said this, so this must be right, or they did this, this must be right. And I've had some exactly. people tell my parents like some very false prophecies, or I wouldn't even say they were prophecies. They were saying stuff about me that wasn't true in, t- in the name of like God, or I saw something, or I did this. And a lot of those things exactly. I said were going to come to pass. Today they haven't happened. And that my own they just trusted. That... Yeah, they just I trusted. I had my own that situation too with my parents. Yeah, go on. Like the false prophecy and all those things. Like it's what like it's sometimes it will even be traumatizing because like what what are they even saying? What are they even saying? Like I had to like um I had it's really it really took me a whole lot to, because of those things. It took me a whole lot to start trusting myself. Like. A whole lot of healing work to start like trusting myself like it's because it's, it's not really easy to trust yourself that's why when you were never taught to trust yourself we're taught to trust in something outside of you but when but when you, but when you realize that everything is within you so you begin to look inwards and what really even helped me was like I, anytime I trust myself, like the, what my, the result of everything that happens is always positive. But when I do something that doesn't really resonate with me, I have, I will have to learn another lesson 
again so but so that's what may, really helped me identify when i'm trusting when i'm not trusting so just that what made it easier for me because i'm able to differentiate when i'm trusting myself and when i'm not trusting myself good in my own case as well, it was that whole, um, oh, the pastor is right, or this person is right, this person must be right. Like, what do you know? You don't know. Even though um, they are saying the same thing about your own life. And you said something, when you don't trust yourself, you learn certain lessons. And that is the truth. Like, you also have an inner compass um, within. I was listening to this video today, and this lady was saying that um, even your soul, like, lives within you and there are certain key areas, certain key energetic points, like the like solar plexus, that's in your stomach, that's in your gut. So you know when you have this like gut feeling about something, or like you said, your body is always right. Because there's a certain way you feel when something is off. And for me at that time, because of the persona that had been presented by this person, I was thinking, oh, she must be right. Another thing was, I, I'm when I, I mean, I'm meeting this person. I'm talking about the friend I was talking about initially when I said we had a, you know, one-on-one -on -one encounter and I was just shrinking within my body, like I was just moving down. I was thinking, oh, she must be right. Because I always used to put people on a pedestal thinking, oh, they're better than me. They're so much more exposed or they're much more, or they're older or they're this and that without even listening to myself, you know. And I'm very glad I had to learn those lessons the hard way because now I will always remember them. So anytime I feel like going against myself again, regardless of who it is, I will always stop to think. Now, what advice will you give to someone who's currently struggling with codependency? Okay, so um, advice is for them to look inwards and starts with inner child healing inner child healing because your those behaviors are from the subconscious from the inner child so your inner child wants to be validated wants to be loved wants to be seen wants to experience those things that they or like they didn't they didn't experience as a child so they start seeking looking for it subconsciously in partners in in um in people so but in they say look they start looking for those things in people but it comes out in an unhealthy way that's why you become anxious um you become anxiously attached to people that is why you, because you want because you are used to okay it's only when like how our parents trained us, how all they trained us in school is, okay, it's only when you get a good grade, it's only when you please me, that's when I'll give you love, that's when I'll praise you, that is when I would do those things that you love to you. So you begin to, um, you begin to put that same expectation on yourself and so you are, you are invalid, so doing that, you are invalidating your inner child because your inner child wants to feel loved, seen, wants to feel held at all times. So, um, you begin to choose partners that are like your parents because um, you begin to choose partners that don't love you unconditionally, that would only love you for um, 
only when you please them, only when you meet their standard, and when you don't meet their standard, so they start treating you, they start being avoidant, they start treating you in a way you don't deserve. So, because because of that same cycle, you need to. I feel you need to heal your inner child. You need to give, you need to let your inner child know that she is lovable exactly as she is. Even though, she, even even when she's sad, when you are ha- when you are unhappy, when you make a mistake, at all times, making yourself feel lovable instead of choosing, instead of listening to that your inner critic or inner judge. Come back to yourself and be nicer to yourself. Be kinder to yourself. Sit with yourself and like you can tell. You can just like sit down and tell yourself why you deserve to be loved, why you deserve unconditional love, and give that to yourself. And remember that you are lovable, exactly as you are. And there's so much love within you. You, you. You have the love of the universe within you. So there's so much love within you to give yourself. There's so much unconditional love you can give yourself. So remember that self-love and inner child healing is like the key to healing from codependency. And don't be afraid to look within your shadows, um, to look at those traumatic experiences, those that part, that part of your inner child that feels unworthy, unlovable, that feels undeserving, like just sit with that part of you. And what what's really helped me, like, be, to be confident about looking at looking at my shadows was when I realized that the shadows in the shadows there's always light. There's always light in the shadows. It cannot the shadows. Is not our enemy or the shadow is not my enemy the shadow is a path to light it is the gateway to light so um, ask your higher self to help you see the wisdom the wisdom of your shadows the wisdom that would come from your from sitting with your shadows so um, that is my advice you i hope it helps you it did that was very profound i like the part about the shadow being the path to light you know it's like we have to walk through the darkness to finally get to the end of the tunnel and step out you know into the light so definitely definitely thank you so much for being on the podcast thank you for your advice and i have also learned a lot from this interaction and I'd like for you no, to share no. your social media platforms where people can find you, maybe websites. Even I know you also have a podcast. Let people know about it. So, um, so you can find me on Instagram at by Hanabello. There is no, there is no um, underscore anything. Just at by Hanabello, and I, I'm also hosting a podcast wisdom of a self-love witch podcast so that podcast i share i share everything i feel led to that would help women in their self-love journeys help them love themselves unconditionally so yeah 
Thank you once again. You're welcome.